the Lingolstown Life podcast, where our community seeks to love God and love others. Here you'll find timely teachings, important conversations, and encouraging devotionals to improve your life and help you deepen your faith. This morning, we're, uh, those of you who are in the room, you got a little plastic bag when you came in, right? Does everybody have one? Okay, if you didn't get one, maybe somebody in the back can make sure everybody has one. Uh, for those of you who are joining us at home, let me tell you what's in those, those plastic bags. Um, we've got some, uh, some Fleischmann's active dry yeast in some of the bags, and the other bags have mustard seed in them. Okay, so some of you are trying to figure out which one you have. Um, I'll tell you a little bit more about that in just a moment, but the reason you have those is because that's what the stories are that Jesus told about that we're going to read today from Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 through 33. Now, for those of you who are normally looking for a sermon outline, uh, there isn't one in your bulletin this morning, but if you have the Bible app, you can use your Bible app. Uh, Just pull up the uh, little more tab and then go to events and you'll find Lingolstown Life there and you'll be able to follow along and uh, get some notes there. But we're going back to Matthew chapter 13. There's a whole series of parables here that Jesus talks about uh, things that are growing in the ground. He talks about he talks about seeds that are planted by sowers. He talks about weeds. Anybody here have weeds? Okay, yeah. They're the one thing that always grows no matter where you plant anything else. There's always weeds growing. Um, then we're going to get to the, the parable that we're going to look at today, which is the parables of the mustard seed and the yeast. So here we go, Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 through 33. And Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, Yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Now, what are you holding in your hand? And before you, before you answer that question, I, I want you to think more than the obvious answer, okay? I, I want you to think beyond the obvious, okay? You know that you either have a mustard seed or you have, uh, you have a, a little fungi in your, that bag, actually a whole lot of fungi in that bag, okay? But what are you holding in your hand? If you're online, maybe you, you just want to make a note of it, and maybe I'll find it here as we're, as we're taking the time to think about this. But what are you holding in your hand? Somebody, somebody here have an answer. What are you holding in your hand? Possibilities. Possibilities. Okay, good word. What else? Hope. Hope, I like that. That's a good one. I hadn't had that one on my list. 
Somebody else. A beginning, okay, great. Anything else? Okay. No, no, how about, how about, are you holding life in your hand? Hmm? Yeah, you're holding life in your hand. Uh, you're holding a catalyst in your hand. Okay. Um, you're holding potential. Okay. Um, and if you really stop and think about it, you're holding a plant. Okay, not just the seed, but, but that, that yeast, that yeast is a, is a fungus, it's a plant. Okay, you're holding life in your hand. Now, oftentimes we think, uh, we, we think, we don't think about how small things began, but the reality is everything begins small. Okay, just just for a moment. I mean, just sort of look at yourself. You didn't start off that big, did you? Okay. I was going to put a picture up here of you when you were conceived, but I figured you wouldn't be able to see it anyway, so uh, there wasn't really any, any point to it. But, you know, we oftentimes, well, we oftentimes focus on the big things, Things that are huge and big and, and spectacular, but, but we forget that everything has a little beginning. Um, one, of the, one of the shows I love to listen to uh, is the podcast, How I Built This. Any, any How I Built This fans out there? Okay, just my daughter, okay. So anyway, I, I love how I built this. It, it's a story basically every, every week, it's a story about an entrepreneur and how, how they took an idea, how they took a, a concept, how they took a need in their life and they transformed it into a, a business. How I built that. And, and it's, a, it's a long form interview with, with people who have built things. And every time, I just love the stories because they're always the same thing. It starts small, but, but now it's sort of one of those things that everybody knows about. Now, I wonder, how many of you know, uh, uh, how many of you know about Kadabra? Anybody know anything about Kadabra? Like Abracadabra, you know? Anybody know anything about Kadabra? Okay. Well, it was... It was actually one of the first online booksellers. Now, you may know it today because they drive around in little dark blue vans and drop off piles of boxes at your house, right? It's called Amazon today. Okay? But it started as Kadabra, and then uh, somebody told Jeff Bezos that name isn't going to cut it. And so he decided he was going to build the world's biggest online bookseller, and he thought of the world's biggest river, and that's how he came up with the name Amazon. Pretty interesting, isn't it? I, I just read a story uh, this past weekend about, about a retailer. How many of you shop at Aldi? Any, any Aldi shoppers out there? How about Trader Joe shoppers? Do y'all know that you're shopping at the same store? 
Some of you may know that. I didn't know that until, until this weekend when I was reading the story. But, you know, it all started in Germany, and two brothers decided that they had a disagreement about whether or not to sell cigarettes in their store. And one became Audi North, the other became Audi South. And I can't remember now whether it was North or South, but one became Audi here in the U.S., and the other one became Trader Joe's. Anyway. Interesting stories, fun things out there that you should learn, and that's just a little extra this morning. But anyway, um, whoops, let me go to the next slide here. So anyway, there is a, uh, there is a, a verse in the Old Testament that, that really speaks to us today about small beginnings, and, and it's here in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10. And, and I'm not going to get into the whole story, just trust me. It's a story that's worth reading about might take a little while to understand, but don't worry. But God says this to his people. He says, do not despise the day of small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Do not despise the day of small beginnings, okay? Now, now the verse comes at a time when the people, uh, the people of Israel have to rebuild the temple, and they're thinking it's small compared to what the first one was. And so they're sort of like all down and discouraged because, you know, when you lay that first brick, it doesn't look like it's going to be much. But God says to the people, don't despise the day of small beginnings. And, and if you think about it, what you're holding in your hand right now is a small beginning. And, and it might be able, you, you might be able to just pass it off and not think much of the, the small beginning that you're holding in your hand. But you know, given all the right conditions, what starts off as something very small can eventually become something very big. Now, for that to happen, when you, uh, when you plant a seed or when you start to knead the dough and and listen, I know nothing about baking, so if I say something wrong, you can correct me later on. But, but when it comes to planting and when it comes to kneading dough, there are three ingredients that you need, okay? You need patience, you need time, and you need to nurture what's growing, okay? You need patience, you need time, and you need to nurture what is growing, okay? Now, think about this. When you plant a seed, it, it doesn't suddenly pop up the next day and begin to bear fruit, does it? No. It, it starts small, but over time, given patience, because you can't, like, have you ever wanted to go out, like, dig up a seed right after you plant it and see what happens? I mean, if you dug up the seed, what would happen? It, it would stop growing. It, it, You've, you've not been patient. But it needs time. And usually over a little bit of time, something begins to emerge. And, and if you're planting something in the ground, you, you have to nurture. You have to pull the weeds. You have to water. You have to fertilize. All of those things are required for a seed to grow. But in time, it's going to grow into something large, something that's much bigger than what you put in the ground. Now, the same thing I understand is true about baking bread. 
And so when you knead the dough, you, you got to have some patience, right? Because you mix everything together, the, the flour and the yeast, and I don't know what else goes in, but, you know, you mix it all together, and then you have to be patient, right? Because what do you have to do? If you're making bread, you have to let the bread rise, okay? I got that part right. I don't know anything else about baking bread. But it needs time. You have to let it sit there for a while. And, and the, the thing about it is that the bread, as it's sitting there, well, you don't have to do anything, but you can begin to see that something is happening to it, right? Something is beginning to transform inside that lump of dough. It's sort of like the seed, you know, you put the seed in the ground, the seed sits there in the dark for a while, and then voila, you see this little tiny sprout come up. And, and it's the same with, with yeast. It, it works almost imperceptibly because you can't see what the yeast are doing, okay? You and I can't see it. I mean, I guess if you had a microscope and you dug the yeast apart or the, the dough apart, you could probably see something. But you can see the results, can't you? You can see the results of the transformation that is happening in that time. And I think it's so important for us to understand that sometimes, sometimes the transformation that's happening, whether it's happening in us or whether it's happening in a community or whether it's happening in our world, it happens slowly. And it happens almost imperceptibly, but at times we, we catch a glimpse that something is changing. And you know, as, as I look around at, at our world today, as I look around at the church today, as I look around at our community of faith called Lingolstown Life, you know, it, it may seem like it's a dark spot. It, it may seem like, is there anything really happening? Yeah, it is. Even though it may be dark, even though, even though things might be imperceptible at the moment, things are happening because transformation is always happening. And when that transformation happens, something else happens, and that is that there is a community blessing. Now, we don't oftentimes, well, we, we get caught up in the big thing and we don't think about the small things and how over time those small things transform and then eventually make bigger blessings. But, but that's what we're talking about today. And, and, you know, when Jesus tells these parables, I think ultimately this is what Jesus wants us to focus on, that there is a blessing that comes when we are patient, when we give time the ability to do its work as we nurture things, that transformation happens. So think about this. Jesus says you put a seed in the ground and over time it begins to grow and it becomes a large bush or plant or tree, whatever you want to call mustard, okay? As it grows, it goes from that tiny little seed into a, into a tree or a bush that's about 10 feet tall. 
Now, think about this. One man planted one seed, got this great big bush. Now, how many people are going to benefit from that bush? There's going to be a lot of people that benefit from it because you don't need a lot of mustard seeds to make a difference in whatever you're cooking or baking or I don't know if you bake with mustard seed, whatever you do with mustard seed. But there's multiple people that can be blessed. Now, here's something I want you to think about. Think about the yeast for a moment, okay? I, I, and I don't know how many times I've read this parable, but when I was reading it, I just kept coming back to this, this amount of flour. And I'm like, I never really saw this idea before, but, but it says, it says in, in the New International Version that there is 60 pounds of flour. Now, if you bake... How many of you have baked with 60 pounds of flour? I mean, probably not too many of you here use that much flour at one time. Uh, you, you may use a, a bag of flour, like five pounds of flour, but here we're talking about 60 pounds of flour. So what do we figure out right away about this parable? The person who's making the bread is not making it for themselves or just for their family. They're making it for a community. They're taking something little and turning it into something tremendous for everybody. Now, just to give you an idea, 60 pounds of flour is equivalent to approximately 144 cups of flour. Now, if you take those 144 cups of flour and you take your typical bread recipe, that means that you can make 52 loaves of bread. Now, I've found everything from 52 to 90, so we're just going to work with 52 because that sounded good to me. You get 52 pound and a half loaves of bread from 60 pounds of flour, okay? Without the preservatives in Jesus' day, you're not going to eat that many loaves of bread at one time, are you? What are you going to do with it? You're going to share it in the community. Now, just to finish playing this out, 52 loaves, if you're generous, you can get about 16 slices per loaf. That means you get 832 slices, which means you can have 416 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Okay? We're not talking about just feeding your family. We're talking about feeding a village, right? And this is what I think is so important when we read this parable. Things that start small eventually have a bigger impact. It impacts not just us, but it impacts the larger community. But sometimes, sometimes it, it happens in the dark, and sometimes it happens almost imperceptibly. You know, Taylor and I were talking about this after, after the first sermon, and, you know, when you think about it, what's happening in the church today, well, people might think, oh, it's all dark, and it, there's nothing happening, but there's a lot happening. There's a lot happening in the life of the church. I mean, uh, I just think about what we're doing at the Rockville campus with our Raise, our Raise Community Center, and, and you know, well, what are, what's happening we're seeing the yeast begin to bubble up, and it's, it's making a community blessing. And aren't you glad to be a part of something like that? 
because it's going to be a part of, of changing somebody's life, which is eventually going to change another life, which in time begins to change a community. And isn't that really what we're all about? Well, actually, no, we're, we're not really about that. We like big splashes. We like things to be big. We like things, in, in our culture today, we want everything to be big and bold and, you know, grab your attention kind of thing. But, you know, when I read Scripture, what I see is that God, God usually does things slow and small and steady. God has this way of working slowly and steadily, and over time, you begin to see what's changing. And that means that you and I, as disciples of Jesus, well, we need to live counterculturally. We need to not be worried about the big splash, and we need to think more, well, we need to think more about the, the slow and small and steady transformation that's about to happen. There's another way that we can think about this countercultural stuff. I mean, we all live in a microwave age today, right? We want things right away. We even wonder, why does it take that long in the microwave? I mean, have you ever asked yourself, why can't the microwave cook things even faster? But then, anybody remember the, the slow cooker? I mean, we've even gotten rid of the slow cooker. Now we have, what, air fryers and we have, what, uh, Instapots, yeah. Because, because the, the pressure cooker of the old ages wasn't, long, wasn't quick enough, so we had to make an Instapot so we can get it faster. But I'm thinking slow crockpot kind of thing. I think God works best in a crockpot, not a microwave. And... and and the other thing about, the other thing about a, a crock pot is that, that when something cooks in a crock pot over a long, slow period of time, doesn't the flavor just get through everything? Unlike your microwave, when you, know, you pop something in the microwave, it's like 10 seconds later, it's done, and you're like, uh, yeah, it tastes like cardboard. You know? It's just it's not the same. So, so I share all that to remind you that we don't need to be worried about what God might be doing in a slow cooker right now. Because God is at work, and God may begin sometime with, uh, may, God may work from time to time with small beginnings, but eventually there are great things that happen. So don't despise the small beginnings. Don't look down at the, the, the things that you look at in your hand right now. I mean, just take a look at that bag. I mean, the, 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 the seeds that you have in there, one of those seeds can grow into a bush that's 10 feet tall. One of those little yeast, it can, it can consume all sorts of stuff and make carbon dioxide and ethyl alcohol and all sorts of neat stuff. Don't despise small beginnings, but be patient, because as we are patient, transformation is happening, and that transformation that happens begins to change communities. And I think that's what God is trying to teach us right now that God's kingdom works 
in a small, still, slow, almost imperceptible things that are changing to change our world. Would you join me in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have provided us with all sorts of stories that are all around us all the time. Stories about things that start off small and become just overwhelming. And we thank you for those small beginnings, even the small beginnings that are happening in us, that are transforming us. Lord, we know that the transformation isn't just for us, but it's for more and more people around us. And so I pray that today we might be able to, to think about the, the, the small things that you've planted in us, the, the dreams and the hopes and the, and the ideas that, that we believe that you want to nurture over time. Lord, as small as they may be perceived by the world, we recognize them as the kind of beginnings that you work best in. And so I pray that you will nurture what is within us that you have planted there. And Lord, I pray that it might not only transform us, but may it make the kind of community impact that will continue to change lives, not only now, but forever and ever. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. joining us on the Linglestown Life podcast. If this message was meaningful to you, we hope that you'll leave a review and share it with others. If you want to know more about our church or would like to attend a service or community event, find out more at www.linglestownlife.org. God bless you and may you go forth to love God and love others.